welcome once again to It Is Complicated, the podcast that answers every single question with It Is Complicated, including the title of this podcast, which is It Is Complicated. Hello, Dr. J. Hello, Josephine. How are you this week? Time, insert time period here, notionally between our recordings. (laughs) You're talking to a time lord. (laughs) I'm doing insert answer here. (laughs) <laughs> how are you doing insert answer here yeah okay note of exhaustion so <laughs> so dear listener we're doing fine <laughs> in that fine same way, in that same way you say you're doing fine when someone at work that you don't really know very well asks you that question i'm fine how are you <laughs> to which the answer is fine thank you stop talking to me (laughs) jay who are you and why i'm dr jay i got to give myself the job title harbinger of change which is kind of meshing together harbinger of doom and agent of change into something that's kind of a little bit more positive because if you're talking to me either through work or not through work change is probably riding up behind me going hello and also, if you get to write your own job title like Thought Worth Get You To Do, why not be fabulous? Why be dull? What else am I? I gave myself the gender transgressive non-binary gender queer, see above about being fabulous. This is now my official gender with a statutory declaration. I'm also a troublemaker and a hashtag queer nuisance because branding. So who are you, Josephine, and why? Hi, my name is Josephine Baird. I'm an independent scholar, activist, and artist. I like to make a spectacle of myself upon the stage. And I like to draw queers and put them on the internet because I'm just that kind of person. And I like to think of myself as a queer without portfolio because unemployment. So, Jay, what will we talk about this week? Oh, I'm trying to remember what we agreed because it's been more than 30 seconds. <laughs> Welcome to with Jay. If you don't put the words on the screen, you just deal with the short-term memory of a goldfish. Dear listener, the topic for this week is nice things what we like oh yes that's right cool queer representations upon the medias and internets of the trans and non-binary that we love is that right did i get it right <laughs> it's a way of putting it yes uh do listener the idea is simply this there's a lot going on at the moment and a lot of very, very difficult news and a lot of very difficult issues and some that are really horrendous. And including in that is constant news of this or that media personality or media representation that is just fucking awful. And we were talking about this and we're just tired of that. So we thought we would talk a little bit about some of our favorite representations of late that we thought were really, really good and that may provide an alternative, but also might be just fun to talk about. So it's a little bit more lighthearted this week. <laughs> because I'm an academic nerd, we may get into media theory and all sorts of stuff like that, because mm-hmm. I can't fucking help myself. I'm addicted. I know. <laughs> Have you thought of going cold turkey? Yeah, it wouldn't work, would it? <laughs> so let's try <laughs> and see how long Josephine lasts before she starts analyzing the best recent queer representation of stuff we've seen. Jay, you had one. I definitely have one. Somebody suggested to me that I read the Chuck Tingle, Trans Wizard Harriet Porber, and the Bad Boy Parasophilophilus, an adult romance novel. It is spectacular. 
I'd read it in about four hours and it is one of the best, funniest, most brilliant representations of queer and non-binary and trans and magic and breaking the fourth wall to have a character turn around and go, I'm not bad, I'm just written this way because this far through the novel, the bad boy has to act like this. Its metaness is amazing. So the meta has meta. It is just superb. And it may be taking a punt at a famous author and the world that she has created. But honestly, Mr. Tingle, dear Chuck, you have seriously taken it to a level that we could not have expected. The fact that you have autonomous, magical motorcycles is just too brilliant for words. You just create a brilliant world. You have fun with gender and sexuality and sex, but you also deal really quickly with what body parts are called. It's discussed openly and then just not mentioned again, which is perfect and wonderful because you show respect to your trans characters. They get to define who they are. They get to state who they are. So this is the sort of stuff that I wanted to talk about because it is exciting and brilliant to see yourself represented in a fun way, in a way that speaks to you, but that is also fun and funny. And yes, it's taking the piss out of JK Rowling, which I heartily agree with, but it's also representing queer and trans lives in a very open and honest way. In an adult romance novel. I mean, how many adult romance novels do you have where you have a tattooed dinosaur flexing his muscles? The simple answer is there's never enough. No, but I think you hit upon something really interesting, which is that as satirical as it is, it's almost that's the method to get interest. Whereas the actual thing that is of note to you is the accurate representation of something that you experience in a fantastical setting that allows it to become accessible to you and other readers. And I think that's wonderful to be able to see yourself represented is such a critical part of this. But to see yourself represented is a huge part of these discussions. Mm. It always has been. I'm curious to read it myself. Sadly, dear listener, I have not had the joy yet, but I will on Jay's recommendation. It's a fun, light, trashy adult romance novel. And it's brilliant. But it's not easy to make things like that. And I find this really disappointing sometimes about sort of media is that, you know, it's like, oh, it's trashy comedy, da, da, da. Do you know how hard it is to make something funny that is in print or on film or anything like that? It's really, really difficult to make something that will be consistently funny that you can't perform on a stage and react to the audience and then like, oh, they're not laughing at this. Maybe I can turn it to that. That's a skill, too. But it is at least something that you can work with the audience. Literally writing something down and then publishing it or making a film and then posting it and going, I hope everybody thinks this is funny and not weird. (laughs) It's really hard. And I think there's something absolutely wonderful in that sort of parody that takes as its subject matter nominally something that we all recognize, but actually is a way to deliver something really honest and true Mm -hmm. that is both joyous and fun. Sometimes finding a way to talk about our world in a way that other people can see it and interact with it and understand it is important as well. Because me giving a serious lecture about body autonomy and stuff like this has nowhere the same power as reading the sex scene in the forest. For those who don't know, it's got a sex scene in the forest as well. With reading, it's very interesting. Find it. I think Suzanne Shiflett uh, talked a bit about this in our episode on art 
when we were discussing this with her, that there is something to be considered about how you try to communicate these ideas in a way that is recognizable and yet is still different and challenging. It's about trying to convey a difficult topic that some people might react negatively to in a format that might be appealing. So parodying one of the most popular series of books in the world would give a point of reference to someone who isn't queer, who doesn't know Mm -hmm. about these things normally, and then gets a sense of humor and joy and things they recognize, along with things that they may not immediately understand, but now can relate to because... Mm. Here it is in a format that they can comprehend. And again, something that is not easy to do. But it's that subtle way of positively representing a trans character's point of view, but it's not just about their transness. It's not just about their non-binariness. It's not just about those corners of their life. It's about so much more. I'm in a very weird movie called Die Hard, which I absolutely adore. I have a life-sized cardboard cutout of myself that is literally... You have a standee of yourself. I have a standee of myself in this very room that I'm recording this in, dear listener. And I am absolutely thrilled and I am no shame whatsoever about letting you know that. (laughs) I'm really proud of this film because it is absolutely ludicrous. There is nothing in it that is remotely realistic. It is bubblegum-coloured nonsense in the most fabulous way it touches on about 12 different film genres mixes them all up does not give a shit there is a ghost story there is a musical there is a a road movie in there there is uh, cyborgs there is ninjas what it also is if you look at it the way we actually try to create it collectively and bitte Anderson, the director this was her vision completely she wanted to have two qualities one that it was completely unironic And the second is that the queer characters throughout, that the one thing that is absolutely mundane is their queerness, that there are queer characters, there are trans characters, there are gay characters, there are straight characters, there are characters of all genders and spectrums of sexuality, and they're all in there and they're all represented naturally and completely in mundane, whilst ninjas and cyborgs, (laughs) musicals are (laughs) happening. Because the idea was to create this really strange fabulous 80s movie style joyous celebration and have this one thing be completely mundane throughout it's supposed to be funny and loud and ridiculous you're supposed to come out of that going what on earth did i just watch we have an imdb rating of five out of ten the reason is because we get exactly two scores either one or ten it averages out of five (laughs) there is no other reviews you can go look and i am so proud of that the best thing is the excuse for giving the um, review is always the same excuse no matter whether it's a one or a ten this queer awful mess one out of ten this queer awful mess ten out of ten (laughs) but the idea was to present something where the queerness was not the focus but it was absolutely represented Mm. and to very carefully reference certain tropes and to twist them only by the fact that they don't do what you expect them to do, which is anything other than be miserable. The challenge of living that way is not the sole focus of their narrative. It can be part of the narrative. It's not ignored, but it isn't the sole part. When I was in London, and this was a while ago, 
I have an unmade film, like so many performers, we have unmade shows and films. And one of these unmade films is called My Boring Life. It is 15 minutes standing one shot of me in my bedroom doing fuck all. Looking at my phone, picking up a magazine, putting it down again, standing up, then not bothering, lying down, maybe going to sleep. 15 minutes and then it ends because I was so fed up of seeing these absolutely ludicrous representations of us when I just wanted to say I'm not that interesting (laughs) actually I try to be very interesting but the truth is like actually I do boring shit and then you never get to see that represented I just want an accurate representation and one where I'm scratching my arse or farting or yeah there you go fart (laughs) fart humor you know (laughs) it's the highest form of art it's fart I also pitched a script where there was an incredibly fantastical situation where all of the straight characters in the film were dealing with some massive crises and some of them were dying and some of them were having terrible time and all the way throughout the whole film there is a trans character in the background who's doing really well And having no problems whatsoever. And at the end comes and goes, oh, what was that about? (laughs) And that's the point of the film. I don't care what the rest of the script is. All I wanted was that character. And the best part about this character is, dear listener, if you're a director or writer, you can insert this character into any film you want. So if you're currently making a film, allow me to pitch me as your actor and character of literally walking through your film going, hmm, I'm doing really well. And then walk out again. Oh, my God. I just had an image of you and John Wick 4 doing that. Yes, please. Keanu, just listen to Josephine and do this thing. Keanu Reeves, if you're listening, and I presume you are. Keanu Reeves, you are breathtaking. And as such, I presume that you're listening to us. And if you are, please put me in John Wick 4, where I can walk through one shot, look at the camera or look off and go, doing really well. And then walk off again. Also, anybody who feels like buying me the collector's edition of John Wick 3... Feel free to do that. It's on my Amazon wish list. <laughs> because that <laughs> film does something very similar. Again, absolutely ludicrous environment. Fabulous world that has no reality. You mean it's reality. not it's not based on reality? Well, based on my reality, but I mean, you know, the one in my head. Yeah. <laughs> but has an amazing character in there who is non-binary. At least one of them. But the one that's mm. very obviously and is clearly non-binary is in John Wick 3. And is fantastic. And the adjudicator. Again, isn't it interesting that the one thing that is non-fantastical about that world is their gender. It's not an issue, and yet it's also represented. And that's the thing I think about representation and gets me sometimes, is that people say, well, gender and sexuality shouldn't be an issue, which is normally code for, I want everybody to presume they're straight. It's the Dumbledore thing. Mm-hmm. he might be gay he might not be gay no 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 i want you to say your character is canonically gay canonically non-binary canonically trans and it makes not a blind bit of difference to this particular story and then i want you to make a film that makes those characters canonically gay canonically non-binary and it's a mm-hmm. part of their life but it is not the tragedy of that life then make a film where it is the tragedy of the life but they do fine and they survive and they come out of it really well in the end There is a game called The Missing, J.J. McPhail and the Island of Memories. It takes a trope that is quite common, this notion of a tragic life, and and flips it on its head right at the end in a really wonderful way. And I think it is a beautiful, clever, sharp, and intelligent approach to the subject that takes a trope that is well-worn, but is true, and gives an ending that is unexpected and positive and truly wonderful. 
which takes us to queer comics jane any favorites small favors and one of the reasons that i've been rereading true porn is the writer from small favors has a little comic within it and true porn is an amazing anthology of honest autobiographical representations of sex and relationships and they're stories that are very true they're stories that are very open and honest and one of the things that i love about it is while they're they're not all explicitly queer they're all talking to that universality of relationships and what happens and around bodies and it's interesting to see straight male characters having the same thoughts that I have around bodies and relationships and people that I thought were only queer thoughts and seeing them in comic form draws you in it's wonderful I haven't read it for years and I just happened to pick it up and just started rereading it and really really enjoyed it and that's the fascinating thing about the fantastical and small favors and true porn i think they're really great representations of sexualities in a way that doesn't make it salacious or somehow a a dirty secret or something to be uncovered it's just joyous and fun and messy and honest and real and people have real feelings that aren't easy and don't click properly and they they're Mm. awkward and that's what I love about small favors which by the way dear listeners is a comic about a woman who meets a fairy Um, and I mean fairy as in the size of someone who could fit in your palm and starts having a rampant sexual lesbian relationship with said fairy that is both hilarious and quite sweet and what I love about it is that it is so fantastical and ridiculous and at the same time quite honest and lovely. And it's like, yeah, that's the kind of relationship I want. I love these characters. Mm. They speak to me and they I like, I know this kind of feeling. I like seeing that. I like feeling that. And it brings joy. And this is what is so sorely missing and rare that I think highlighting it in itself is a radical act. Honestly, I think in this particular case, just talking about some really cool media is the point. I think it is radical to discuss really fun representations, joyous moments, because Mm. that's not the narrative at the moment. And the narrative around trans and non-binary lives is always about how painful it is or how difficult it is or how we're not accepted and things like that. And it's like, yes. I know that I have that in my life. I know my friends have that in their lives. But we also have amazing amounts of fun and joy. We bounce around at Queer House Party. We go out and we celebrate out in pubs and bars and have an amazing time. We do all of these things as well. It's sort of weird to have to explain to a wider culture that you're not an alien. What is it? Eddie is our joke, right? The, he goes into a newsagent and he can always see that look of terror in someone who goes, oh my God, transvestites walked into the age, uh, news agency. What do I do? What do I do? Uh, oh, I have no computing. I don't have any previous knowledge. I'll move all the newspapers around. Uh, I'll stack all the packets of crisps on top of each other. What, what, what do you want? And you say, I, I want a packet of crisps. You eat crisps? You mean <laughs> you want to shag the crisps? No, no. I want to eat the crisps. <laughs> that you have to have this conversation. like I don't want to have this conversation where I have to say to someone I'm just like you I'm not (laughs) I'm 
queer and trans and different. I have different issues. Jay and I are different from each other in some respects as well. But I do have common experiences that are very, very mundane. And we can talk about those and lament the crappiness of our existence and the joys of the little things that we all like. <sighs> I don't want to say we're not so different, you and I, because the truth is it shouldn't be important whether we are or not. But the truth of the matter is I'm incredibly mundane. I wouldn't now and again like to see our genuine issues as fantastical and mundane, as exciting and as everyday as they are, simply represented in whatever format they may be. That makes me happy. It makes me joyous. Seeing yourself reflected and understood is sometimes all you need. And that's why sometimes, you know, this whole thing of like queer people will jump on the smallest little bit of representation in a major motion picture or a new book or something like that. And if it's actual genuine representation, we are all over that shit. Why? Because we're starved of it. We want to hear this. Mm. And so by expressing it, by making some of it, whether it gets seen or not, or gets shared or not, is that is my attempt. I know it's Jay's attempt as well of creating a little bit of that to say this is who we are different and the same mm. and jesus christ we are as messy as boring as exciting and as weird and as wonderful as anyone else it doesn't matter whether we're the same or not and i i want to celebrate that today i don't want to be sad about it i don't want to be sad that every time i go on twitter all i see is hate I want to say, I played this fabulous game called Eichenfell or Ickenfell, and I have no idea how you pronounce it, but it's as queer as fuck, and it's so fun and so sweet and so adorable. You know the way you save the game is by finding a cat and petting it, and it saves the game for you because the cat goes meow, and every time you save the game, it goes meow. It's adorable. The first companion you meet is um, a non-binary person with they them pronouns and it's just mentioned and that's it and nothing else they're just there and that's who they are and it's wonderful i i it's it's i'm playing this game with characters that look and sound like me and i know that sounds just completely boring but jesus it's profound that's inclusion yeah that's being included that's just, just being included as part. So as somebody who's traditionally not included, just the mere inclusion of the quotidian, that, that kind of everydayness of our lives. We get up, we have a shower, we put clothes on, we go to work, we do the, the same boring stuff that everybody else does. It's celebrating the fun in that as well. It's celebrating the good parts of those everyday bits and pieces. I mean, I'm currently baking some bread. Once I've finished this, I'm going to go put some bread in the oven and make myself some dinner. And it's all just the normal, everyday boring shit that we do, that everyone does. I wash my dishes. I wash my socks. I take my rubbish out. Probably not as often as I should, but, you know, that's an entirely different thing. We do the same boring things as everyone else, as well as being fabulous, fantastic queers. You still have to wash your socks. Unless you're Elton John, I suppose. (laughs) (laughs) I was trying to think of (laughs) See, I love doing this to make Josephine laugh like that. 
because I can just she's she's about to say something profound and I just kind of come across with unless you're Elton John <laughs> no you've actually punctured the argument which I think is wonderful it's like yes we're all normal except for the people who aren't <laughs> yeah but the people the people who who don't wash their own socks are just ridiculous this is true I, you know they're ridiculous and alien to us as people who wash socks you know and, when yeah. you think of Elon Musk Elon Musk is a bit of a wank. He probably never washes his own socks. He's probably never washed his own socks. <laughs> He's got no idea of washing socks. Everyone else in the world who washes socks is looking at him going, dude, you've never washed your socks. <laughs> Elon Musk is a bit wank because he doesn't wash his own socks. <laughs> It's not because he shoots fucking cars into space for no good reason. No, it's because he's a bit wank. But this is what that leads to. Don't wash your own socks. Start shooting cars into outer space. Absolutely. I'm loving today's episode, dear listener, and I hope you are too. If you're not, I apologize. We will get back to our regular programming next week. We're laughing at the ridiculousness of... of but also the joy of being represented, but the ridiculousness of, no, I mean, imagine being somebody who doesn't wash their own socks. <laughs> looking at... <laughs> I honestly thought you were going to say something profound just then. <laughs> looking at, looking at the news and thinking that they're being represented in any way, shape or form on the news. I know. That's why I think billionaires are so upset. And that's why they're so (laughs) grasping for power and all of those things because they've forgotten what it's like to wash socks. Yeah, see? If they'd be made to wash for socks, maybe they would have a. The joy of socks. The joy of socks. You know that I was leading up to that fun. (laughs) The episode has now literally gone off the rails, and I love it that it has. But I think the point stands that. There is an interesting conversation to be had about what is good representation, and that is a valid argument, and it is an academic argument. But honestly, there are days when I just want to see something fun and joyous, and it is a good representation in the sense that it represents something I recognize and isn't cast in some awful light or is hugely problematic and makes me go, ah, well, at least there's a trans character who isn't awful in that film, but I mean, they're not great. You know, just actually picking up a book or a comic or a movie or a song, a piece of art, anything where <laughs> you just look at it and go, wow, yeah, it gets it. Maybe someone else will too. But for me right yeah. now, personally, I'm happy to see myself reflected a little bit. I think human beings look for that. And I think it's about validation and realizing that you're a valid part of this world and so much is telling you that you're not yeah that you're included simply that so how to make us happy seriously (laughs) just include us and also wash socks wash socks put me in a movie with (laughs) Keanu Reeves that's all I need to be happy I'm a simple girl (laughs) Keanu you know you want to I'm really fun and I can occasionally this is coming across as begging this is what it is Previously, it wasn't begging. Now, now we've now moved on. Be- to oh begging. no, no, no! We're, we're, we've moved on to the begging part of the episode. Um, <laughs> <laughs> have you 
soon I'm going to mention our Patreon and <laughs> the cycle yes, will be I complete. <laughs> so if you want more quality queer shit about washing socks and <laughs> being included, <laughs> go support us on our Patreon. It's patreon.com slash it is complicated or one word mushed together. Thank you to all the people who are already there. We've had some recent patrons joining and we're going to write to you on our Patreon and say hi properly. But just briefly right now, thank you so much for your support. It is genuinely wonderful to consider that perhaps we might be this moment that we've discussed for ourselves for someone else. I cannot think of a loftier goal, honestly, genuinely. I mean this that if it gives you that moment of joy, I am truly thrilled. And please do let us know if that's the case. You can go to twitter.com slash it is complicated, no E at the end, because we couldn't fit it in. Go there and tell us whether or not we made you laugh. And if we did, I'm so thrilled. Thank you so much for listening again this week. Jay. I'm hesitating to ask. I know. Also, listener, what you don't know is Josephine now has one pair of glasses perched up on their forehead, one pair of glasses on their head, and is pinching their nose in despair, just kind of looking at me going, what on earth are you going to come out with? It better not be socks again. (laughs) (laughs) With that in mind, what would you like to talk about next week? I really can't be fucked talking about it. I can fail. (laughs) The game of queer <laughs> wizards and witches. A school for wizardry and witchcraft that is gay as fuck. <laughs> if there's justice in the world, we'll be talking about that next week. Do join us and find out if that's exactly what we're doing. And in the meantime, wishing you very well. Stay safe and happy, fabulous, queer, trans, non-binary representation to you all. <laughs>